0: Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we'll get the story of how Martha Latta started Stomping Ground, Sunday Afternoon Housewife, and became the co-executive director of Lanterns Foundation, Inc. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana-owned, distributed by the All-Indiana Podcast Network. Find local at
1: indianaowns.com.
0: Martha, welcome to the All Indiana Podcast Network studio. It's so good to see you. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to be here. Now,
0: I am going to read kind of all of your titles and everything that you do. (laughs) Okay. Because I want people to really understand, like, how involved you truly are. So you're the owner of Stomping Ground. You're the creator and printer of the Sunday Afternoon Housewife brand, which is State Pride and Social Justice t-shirts. You're the co-executive director of Lanterns Foundation, Inc. That's the nonprofit that organizes the annual Feast of Lanterns Festival. You've done pop-up shops for years. Like you've just always had kind of this creative mind, this community spirit. And I'm so excited to talk to you and learn more about where it comes from.
1: Yeah, great. Yeah, you. that's all of this. Yes. <laughs> I was like, did I miss anything?
0: You're also a mom. I am
1: also a mom, with yeah. With one of
0: the most adorable children ever. Thank you. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. Talk to me about... Which one came first? Because I think I know you, well, from Homemade Promenade, right? The pop-up shop. Yeah, so. And Sunday Afternoon Housewife.
1: Yeah, so Handmade Promenade um, is the pop-up shop um, that I started, well, 2009. I can't even tell you how long it's been now. 2008, maybe. But um, it started with Sunday Afternoon Housewife. So I started printing t-shirts. That was my first Real deep foray into the handmade community. I had made some stuff prior to that using the same name, Sunday Afternoon Housewife. I used to make um, these little Scrabble tile pendants. A lot of people still have Mm -hmm. them, remember them, um, ask me if I still make them, which I think is adorable. (laughs) I love uh, that I started doing that um, just sort of for fun. And then actually, uh, Amanda... Um, from Indiana Handicraft Exchange had reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to attend one of the events and sell those. And so I was like, whoa, this is a thing. And this was when she was just getting the event started, the Handicraft Exchange. And so I did that, and then I sold a lot. And I was like, oh, well, this is, you know. Yeah. But I I mean, I liked it, but I didn't, like, love it, love it. Um, my husband owned a record label, which he does not anymore. But with the record label, they wanted to learn how to print T-shirts for the bands, like, in-house. Mm-hmm. And so that was how I got into silkscreen printing. And so that is how Sunday Afternoon Housewife started because I was learning how to do it to help bands make t-shirts and we were doing it in our house. And then I was traveling to other cities and seeing things at other events, selling crafts and things like that. And I was just inspired to try and do some things that were Indianapolis centric because I mean... 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Now, I mean, now you see Indiana on literally Mm -hmm. everything. But it wasn't like that. And um, I live on the Near East Side, which, I mean, 15 years ago had a pretty bad rap. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the very first shirts that I printed were focused on the Near East Side. I printed the East Side Pride shirt, a 46201 zip code shirt, and um, went to the Feast of Lanterns as a vendor. There's that connection. And I sold out. Wow. Wow. And so I was like, well, this is a thing mm-hmm. that people want. And so it so it just really blew up from there. Can we talk about the name? Sunday Afternoon Housewife. Yes. Where does that so name come from? So it's sort of a, I guess it's a it was kind of a joke. Like the name just kind of came up of that's the only time that I had to be a housewife <laughs> <laughs> with helping my husband do things for the record label and working full time and everything else. But I used to actually before even making crafts I used to have a zine I don't know if you you probably remember zines like handmade magazines oh, that people yeah. would make and distribute yes. for free yes so that was the name of my zine was sunday afternoon housewife and I made that with another friend for a couple of years and we used to distribute it at like luna music and mm. north side news yeah places that don't exist anymore um Not Luna, but like Northside News. And I'm trying to think a couple of the other places. But that was the name. And I had had somebody like develop a logo for it. So I had that too. So when she said, do you want to do this craft fair? It was like, well, you go to fill out the application and it says put in your business name and send us your logo. Well, that was what I had. Yeah. So it just carried over from that zine. So and it stuck and it stuck. I mean, it stuck so much that people walk up to me and say, you're the Sunday afternoon housewife.
0: I love that. Yeah, I'd be a Tuesday morning housewife. Yeah, <laughs> like Tuesday thing? mornings are when I'm home. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that. What has it been like to have multiple businesses? I mean, you have to have your eyes on lots of different things, and now you have a brick and mortar, right? You have this right. gorgeous house on the Near East Side that you call Stomping Ground. Stomping Ground, yeah. Which talk about opening that too, because I feel like I watched your progress, and it's like. Yeah. Oh, oh! Almost there. Almost. It there. was
1: very, it was very stressful, to be quite honest. Like we were supposed. So, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Tom and Ed Batista. They're the ones that started, started this whole project in um, Windsor Park, which is the neighborhood where I'm located. They bought a church at the end of the street that I live on, and they wanted to turn that church as it was into the Can Can Cinema. Um, they bought that. They bought the three adjacent houses and. Um, we had to go through this whole zoning thing. It took almost a year because there were some neighbors that were just like not into the idea of having development in the neighborhood like this. So it was really, it was, it was terrible. It was really just a lot of infighting within the neighborhood and you know, it sucks. Like we lost friends of people who we yeah. were neighbors with cause we were supporters of it and they were not. Um, but Tom came to a neighborhood association meeting like I mean I think it was like 2016 it might have been 2017 and he said this is what we want to do and we bought these three houses and we want one of them to be an artist we want them to be artist studios that was the original pitch and um half of my print studio had been taken over by my daughter who (laughs) had to have a bedroom, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I, (laughs) that's a requirement. They got to have a place. So, um, no, I know it's really funny, but so I had like downsize, but I was still actually growing the business. And so when he said that I approached him and said, well, I would like to have my printing studio as one of those artist spaces. And we met that week. We shook hands. He's like, it's yours. And so then I just started working with them and advocating for the rezoning. Um, and then, unfortunately, they, as they finally got through the rezoning process, started working on the church, realized that it, it was structurally so unsounded that they were not going to be able to reuse it like they thought. Oh, that's devastating. Um, yeah, they had to tear it down. And they built the Can Can, which is a beautiful facility. That was originally supposed to open on March 17th, 2020. Mm, yeah, that was a tough week for everybody. <laughs> it's terrible. So they were supposed to open, and the kind of deal was like they were going to finish building the Can Can, and then there's three houses in a row now that are businesses. There's Amelia's, and then there's a, a soulless skateboard shop in Golden Hour, which is a hair salon there, and the next house, and then Stomping Ground is the third house. Um, basically, like... They were like when we finish can can we're going to work on these three houses and then you'll be the last one to open we're just going to go down mm-hmm. the row. Well, what happened was they finished the can can they didn't open construction came to a complete halt yeah. like they couldn't even get, you know, permits to put in windows and things like that for a while and then when they finally were ready to put the contractor back to work, they weren't ready to work on that Amelia's space yet because they were still trying to keep their businesses afloat just because right. of COVID. So he said, if you open first and we get your house done first, you want to move in. So I was ready to, because I was busting at the seams. Right. Cause you had just had everything in your house. Busting at the <laughs> seams. Like I was working out of a closet Downstairs, I had a space upstairs where I printed, and then I had actually a storage facility. And so every day I would come downstairs, I would unpack the closet to get to materials. I would pull all the stuff I needed for my orders. I would drive over to the storage unit, pull things for the orders. It was really, it was just... it's, it's exhausting. It's it exhausting, yeah. Um. So the stomping ground part of it sort of developed because originally it was just going to be like Sunday afternoon Housewife, but it was also just going to be like three artist studios, and then all of a sudden there was going to be a bakery cafe, and then there's going to be a hair salon, and there's going to be – like it was supposed to be like a skateboard shop, and mm-hmm. there was supposed to be something else. But it was like this is going to be more than just – if all I'm in here doing is like printing T-shirts and selling T-shirts, it's going to get – not the traffic that i need it to get i guess mm-hmm. like which would be a destination right I mean, it wouldn't be a destination. a destination i did i wanted it to be a destination i um like i i guess like it just grew really fast. Like I thought when we first opened, I mean, you've been in the store, mm-hmm. so it is a house and it's laid out like a house. There's like a living room, a dining room, yeah, a kitchen, it's adorable. you know, it really. but is. I really thought like the first like two rooms were just going to be it for the store and the r- entire rest of the place was still going to be Sunday afternoon housewife because I had all intentions basically of like the t-shirt business that I already had subsidizing mm-hmm. this little idea of a cute store. Yeah. And the store has just exploded. Well, the so, community support for yes, you. Yes, exactly. And this effort has been huge. That's exactly it. Is The people were so excited to have something like this open in the neighborhood. Um, to open, like, it was still pretty, I mean, we opened February 2021. It was still pretty COVID-y. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have some place open that you could go in the neighborhood, um, that you didn't have to drive downtown. At that time, I mean, downtown was, every street was closed. Right, it was a mess in 2021. Um, still is in a lot of places. Well, it is. It's not as bad. It's, I mean, I don't feel like it's bad as it was, but it is still a mess. Still but it tough. was terrible. If you're not from the area yeah. and you don't know how to yeah. maneuver around that, it's pretty intimidating. It's really bad. And so it was, I don't know. I mean, it was just kind of welcomed with open arms. You know, it was February 2021. Um can was not really sure still even when they were going to open. Amelia's, they were working on it, but they didn't know. Um, I think in, like, June, the skateboard shop opened in the hair salon. And then can ended up opening, like, Labor Day weekend. And then... Amelia's open in October so it's funny now because I have people come in and they're like oh how smart of you to open next to this stuff and I was like I was over here for myself by myself for six months like I did this by myself and I was doing fine like that was the thing is like I was like people were like well it'll probably be really helpful when Can -Can opens up and I was like well yeah I think it will be but then now it's like oh well all their business is in the evening and we're already closed Mm -hmm. so it actually isn't I mean I don't know like I do think people see us and they might come back, but it's not like, oh, 100 people are going to a movie and then they immediately come mm-hmm. to Stomping Ground. Like mm-hmm. we're holding our own on this little yeah. corner of State and Nolan. So I love yeah. it. Well, you did a great job teasing us yeah. for the opening. <laughs> Jeez right? Louise. Yeah. It was There's such a, a long time coming. It was such a long time coming. And this house was 100 years old. It was, I mean, it was pretty rundown. They had uh, been fixed. They fixed it from bottom to top. I mean, literally lifted the house off the ground, took out the old basement, poured a new foundation, wow. put the house back down on it. Um, new roof, new every. You know, that's an amazing everything. investment in the neighborhood. And that's Tom and Ed Batista. I mean, that's the kind of you know people that they are. Is they yeah. saw the value in doing that to three houses. They did mm. it to three houses. Um, wow. Yeah. And they would have done it to that church too if they really could have, but yeah. it just became so cost prohibitive. Yeah. So you no,
0: know, so you you have your hand in so many different things, right? Like I do, <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, did you know that you were going to be an entrepreneur and have your own store and no. help run a nonprofit? I mean, what what was your
1: big dream? No, those were not on my radar. Um, I. Well, I tell my daughter right now, she asks me all the time, I say I wanted to be a paleontologist. A paleontologist. I really did. Okay. I thought I wanted to dig up dinosaur bones yeah. for like a really long time until I got, I don't know, like into high school and I was like, not good at science. Oh. <laughs> uh, wah, wah. I know. And I was like, I just got frustrated and I, I mean, it's not my strong suit, yeah. science and math. And yeah. so I struggled and- sort of switched gears and decided I wanted to go into psychology and so I went to um, school for psychology until I didn't and I changed my major to general studies and I just graduated. Um, I mean, during that time I did a lot of different things. I um, spent about five years working for people with developmental disabilities, uh, worked in group homes, worked at like day service facilities and I really enjoyed that work Um, but I do feel like everybody, like you can only do that for so long. It's, and um then uh i was we were living in kokomo actually that's where my husband had the record label i mentioned and we moved to indianapolis and um i mean i, I don't know it was did just did you have a
0: full-time job when you moved here
1: no or you- neither
0: of us did okay
1: okay <laughs> i was still finishing college and he had just um finished and signed up for americorps yeah and um Which it's amazing the track that that's taken him, like the people that he met through AmeriCorps is sort of what's landed him where he's at. For people who aren't familiar with AmeriCorps, share what it is. Well, so the program that he did was called, oh man, I can't remember what it's called now. It's been 15 years, but it's been 20 years. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) We're old. Um, He did a program where he was at Pendleton Juvenile Correctional Facility. So he was going up to Pendleton um, working with all the young men there on, like, life skills stuff. And, I mean, literally, like, one day he took, like, all the ties out of his closet and took them up there to mm-hmm. teach these boys how to tie ties and how to write resumes and write letters, just that kind of stuff. Stuff um, we take for granted. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're spending your childhood in a correctional facility. It's yeah. And that, I mean, that led him to – um doing some writing programming that out of, you know, out of AmeriCorps. And that led to him getting a part-time job at Ivy Tech, um, teaching English. He was going back to school. He took some classes, met some other people at Marion. Now he's landed at Marion. And so for him, like that track sort of had an effect on me too, because I was, I was just graduating and I went and met his boss at Ivy Tech and I got a full-time job at Ivy Tech teaching, um, and that was what I was doing until I quit to do Sunday Afternoon Housewife. So I did teach English and um, they were called Ivy 101 classes, mm-hmm. like the same sort of like life skills yep. classes that they offer there. Um, I, man, I can't remember how long it's been since I've left now. It's probably pushing 10 years, I guess, what happened. I mean, you know, we were talking before this about like community and supporting mm-hmm. the community. Well, you know, when Obama was elected and he did this whole thing about health insurance and – you know, now all of a sudden, like, if you're working 32 hours a week, you have to provide health insurance. Well, I mean, I hate to say it, but they said, well, we don't want to give it to you. Yeah. Adjunct faculty. And so they cut all of our hours and uh, I didn't have, I had to like figure out something else to do. And so at the same time I was doing these little crafty things just for fun and getting together with my girlfriends on the weekends and we'd have craft days and stuff like that. And I mean, it just, it really came from that like extracurricular, like hobby craft and i mean i guess it just stuck so i mean i'm really i'm literally like in all of it that i've done i've been self-taught and all of it is just hobby that became a job that is now i have a store so and a lifestyle yeah
0: it yeah really it's a lifestyle yeah for you. yeah for me it is martha what motivates you to keep
1: doing it what motivates you to do what you're doing now well, gosh, I mean, I don't even think anybody would hire me. I mean, <laughs> I've worked for myself for so long now. I sometimes ask myself that, like, what like, what would I do? Like, I have been self-employed for over 10 years now. Um, I mean, and I actually, I have to give credit. I have had a few consulting jobs, which have been amazing and sort of stretched me in different ways um, that are all still related to, like, you know building business and community handmade and things like that but um i mean i i am not a good employee i am good at taking care of myself and my own business but i am not good at working for other people um (laughs) this is the best opportunity you have yes yes (laughs) i mean i could do it but i would i mean i a nine to five would probably literally kill me i just don't know how i would do it i can't get fired i'm also a horrible employee yeah
0: but i think that's what makes us strong entrepreneurs
1: i do think so i mean you know what you want and that's the hardest thing especially when you're working for somebody else and you're like especially in like a corporate environment where they have these particular rules for lord knows what reason and they're expected to do it. And it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And you have no recourse or no way to change that. Or nobody even cares when you say like, do you think this might be a bad idea? So yeah. now, yeah. now I just have to take responsibility for my own bad ideas. Exactly. <laughs> Which is exactly. fine. We
0: can ask ourselves why yeah. all day long. Yeah. Coming up, the challenges and successes Martha has had along the way. And what she wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Local Matters is brought to you by IndianaOwned.com, where you'll find our members that are business owners who want you to know that they live here, work here, and play here. They're the business owners donating food to shelters, sponsoring the Little League teams, and employing hundreds of thousands of people in our state. Every business on IndianaOwned.com falls into one of two categories. They're either an original, meaning the company is Indiana-owned and operated, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain, or they are a franchise friend, meaning the franchise is Indiana-owned and operated, the owner lives here in Indiana, and is engaged in our community. When you see the Indiana-owned badge, you know you are supporting a local business. And we like to make shopping simple for you as well at our sister company, Indiana.gifts. Every product you see on there, from the coffee mug to the scarf to the candle, is made by an Indiana-owned company. Take your picks. Send a gift to yourself or send it to a friend and know that you are supporting local along the way. And we want to thank you for supporting local too. Use the discount code Love Local at checkout and we'll give you 10% off just to say thank you. We've been chatting with Martha Latta of Stomping Ground, Sunday Afternoon Housewife, and Lanterns Foundation, Inc. Martha, how long ago did you start as an entrepreneur? I'm going to say...
1: 12 years ago. 12 years ago. There's a little bit of a gray area where I was working part-time. And then like full-time definitely within the last... Twelve years. But don't you
0: think that's a good piece of advice though? Is like make sure you have something coming in while you're trying
1: to I mean I would it suggest out, it <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah, I would suggest it. That may have been
1: one of it the was, best pieces
0: of advice that I was yeah like, Yeah, I mean find you find an income. I don't
1: know. I don't think I could have done it any other way. The way that I was building my business at the time with Sunday Afternoon Housewife was like I started like really making money by going to craft fairs, but the first year I decided I wanted to do it. Like I was late to the craft fair game, so I was realizing, oh, I didn't apply. I, it's too late. These are already scheduled, you know, stuff like that. So then, yeah. by like the third year though, I was definitely like I was on the ball with it. So. Well, and some of those can be pretty competitive too, incredibly. If yeah,
0: or they're long standing.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of the fairs. I initially started like just doing stuff in Indiana and then I actually really started traveling. I hit the road. I would go to Chicago, Nashville, Tennessee, um, Cincinnati, Cleveland. Um, that was like, I kind of just had a circuit I had the same shows that I would do. And I would go to a show and then somebody might ask me to do a new show that if I could fit in, in my circuit, I would do that. But I mean, I did shows like there was one year that I did like 38 shows wow so there's only fifteen two weeks in a yeah. year yeah <laughs> all of those were not even on different like i got to the point where i had people helping me like going mm-hmm. to events um so like there'd be there was one year that we did three on one day and i'll never do that again but for years handicraft exchange and pride were on the same weekend mm-hmm. so i would go to handicraft exchange and i would get my booth all ready to go for pride and send somebody else over there so wow. yeah
0: wow yeah Martha, what's the hardest part about being a business owner?
1: I can't ever turn it off. I think that's the hardest part. Like, I mean, even like at 10 o'clock last night where I was just like, oh, I should just be sitting here watching a TV show. And instead, I'm like getting on my computer. I don't, you know, oh, I just remembered I wanted to do this one thing. And then 35 minutes later, I'm like, God, now it's really past my bedtime. I just, I cannot turn it off.
0: What's something you would do differently knowing what you
1: know now? Anything? Anything? um i mean i probably would have been a little bit more intentional with my growth and a little bit less organic i'm i mean i've never i mean this will probably be shock i mean i maybe i shouldn't even tell people it's like i've never literally like sat down and written like a step by step by step by step -step kind of a business plan Mm -hmm. um everything initially was just trial and error and now i'm to the point where it's like well i know like i have been doing it for so long i know the things that work in the things that don't um but if i had been more intentional and in maybe paying attention to some of those things earlier on i might have just i don't know i don't know what i think that's really and, relatable though yeah like
0: people with a business plan are usually the ones asking to borrow money <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know like yeah. when you're just like hey i have this little idea and it's gonna cost me a few bucks to start and i'm gonna see what happens i mean that's Really common.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that that there was none of that for me. And when I first started with the t- – when I first started T-shirt printing, I mean, I didn't even – I really, like, we – it was ridiculous. Like, I would go to Walmart and buy shirts. Like, I didn't even, like – I seriously was just yeah. like, oh, there's – oh, yeah, there's got to be a place that I can buy wholesale. So then I found it. And it's like, oh, well, you have to order $250 worth of shirts. <sighs> well, I mean, I don't even think I'll sell to her. You know, right. it was this very – this, like – I don't know, like doubting, like if mm-hmm. I had just sat down and like really crunched numbers and really like put it back in straight away, but it was hard to just be like, well, okay, I just made a hundred dollars I'm gonna put a hundred back in because I was also living off of that. You mm-hmm. know, like we were living off yeah. of that too. So yeah. I don't know. Food costs money. Food costs money. Electricity the house, costs money. The house, yeah. yeah. Gas yeah. to drive to all these events costs money. <laughs> you know, and then we'd, and then like even a successful event would have like something random come up. Like one time I was driving back from Cleveland in December, and there's like an insane snowstorm, so then I had to just pull over and get a hotel. Well, I mean I didn't plan on paying right for a hotel, so it's just like those little kinds of things I don't know. <laughs> better budgeting, I guess yeah, yeah, it's always been sort of one of my weaknesses. What has
0: been the most rewarding part about being a business owner?
1: Well, for me, a lot of it really has just been connecting with my community. Um, Like I said, I really, like, I really, really got started at the Handicraft Exchange, which was connecting with all those other handmade makers. And so it was like, these were my people. I was like, I knew it right away. Like I'm very connected with these, like, and then going to different shows and seeing people and like, you would do shows where like everything was handmade and then you would do shows where there's like handmade and like flea market stuff it like the camaraderie and the way that people would get along together when they're like these handmade makers was just so inspiring to me that that's sort of what pushed me forward of wanting to like, I mean, the next step after Sunday afternoon housewife was the pop-up shop was like, what is a way that we can get off Etsy and, and off of like these, like, I mean the holiday shows were great, but at the time there weren't as many as there are now. And you would do one holiday show and you would have Etsy. Well, how are you getting yourself in front of people the rest of the year? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I i mean, I just had this idea of what if we found somebody that would let us have a store for six weeks. And um, Bill Pritt, who owns 45 Degrees, has that whole corner there. Where they're all the spaces are full now, but when he first opened 45 degrees, there was 45 degrees in yoga latte, and the other spaces in his development right there were Mm -hmm. all empty. So the first year, um, I was actually in the art bank, but the second year, Bill Pritt was like, You should come do this over here. And so out of like the eight or so years I did Handmade Promenade, I think six of them were in that that corner of Mass Ave. Um, I've been where like yoga latte is, I've been where that's the only place i haven't been there's the toy box i've been there there's like a IV place like there's all those little spots Mm -hmm. are the ones i've been in and it's been great like people were looking for us to come back every year um i mean it wasn't ideal for bill i mean he definitely (laughs) wanted something long term but it was beneficial to me because people were rotating in and out and so i would they would be rotating out and i would rotate in and um it was just you know being downtown at that time um, especially when it first started, it was, I mean, Bottleworks wasn't there mm-hmm. that the East end of Mass Ave, like you had to beg people to cross yes. college to get oh, to the East end. So I would do stuff like work with, um, Jill Dittmeyer at the wine shop oh. or work with, um, Elizabeth from Best Chocolate in Town to like cross promote like oh well you know we're having a little like wine night at the pop-up shop and so we would both like talk about on social media yeah so that we could sort of share about each other's business and just be like hey come down here like people come downtown and shop um it was it was great and then with Handmade Promenade too I did a few like outdoor craft fairs too um we had a pretty good run on Mass Ave um of doing it um, Like in May for First Fridays, and then we would do it again. I can't remember the other month. But it was fun. Mm-hmm. But it was just at, like there's no green space anymore. Right. So we're just not able yeah. to do it anymore. It's it's very different. Yes, in that area yeah. It's if insane. If you haven't been. Uh, <laughs> it sometimes it blows my mind to think about the changes that that strip of street has experienced in the yeah. last 10 years Yeah, from when I first started. I mean, the very first Papa shop I had next door to 45 degrees, I would sit out there and look across college and it was just parking lots. Mm-hmm. And now it's all built up, apartments. It's a destination. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it wild. is always busy over yeah, there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Practice your parallel parking
0: skills. Right.
1: <laughs> yes. Get them <laughs> down for, pat. For real.
0: Martha, what would you tell others that want to start their own business? What do you want them to know?
1: I mean, I think that if you have a good idea... Um, even if you think it's a good idea, I don't know, you should probably try it out before you just go all in behind it. I think sometimes people think they have a good idea and maybe it doesn't work or pan out. Um, you know, I, with the store and with the pop-up shop, both, I've had a lot of people approach me and say, oh, well, I have this thing I want to sell. And it's like, well, do you realize there's five other people in town that are already making that same thing? Um, so being original, being unique not copying other people's work is a big one for me especially in handmade I mean I can't express like how much like the, it's not maybe it is and I'm just not Your as blood in pressure tune with going it. up as you're talking about this but like people copying other people's work is just like a huge thing for me you know if you want to have a t-shirt business that's awesome but don't go online and be like you know like this is a biggest pet one of my probably biggest pet peeves is like somebody will share a picture of themselves wearing one of my shirts. And then their friend will comment and say, "Oh, that's really cool. Where can I get one?" And then so, and then another friend will come in and say, "Oh, well, I can make you one like that on my Cricut." do mm-hmm. Don't copy other people's work. Like be original. But um, and I mean if your business is just copying other people's work, you're you might have like minimal success, but you're not going to have It's not going to You're not going to be successful. It's not going to last. And karma is going to get you. Yeah.
0: Let's be honest. Yeah. Karma will find you for sure. Why does supporting local and being known as Indiana-owned matter to you?
1: Well, I mean, I think my my passion for supporting local with Sunday After and Housewife, we really coincided. I mentioned earlier I used to work at a farm. And so we were setting up at the farmer's market every week. And it really started for me with like... While I was doing handmade, working with these makers, they're all from here. Plus these farmers were all from here growing food. I was delivering to restaurants, meeting those chefs and the sous chefs and the people in the back end of the kitchen. And this is their livelihoods. And like, you realize like every dollar I spend with those farmers, every dollar I spend at those restaurants, every dollar I spend with those makers that they, like, I, I see them using that money. I know that sounds crazy, but like, I see them being happy and going on vacation. I see them, you know, taking their kids to soccer. I see, you know, oh, we finally were able to buy a new car or, you know, move into a brick and mortar, whatever it was. Like, I, you can't see that with giant corporations. Um, and, and when you do see it, it's so grossly overdone that it to me, it makes me feel sick. Like you could benefit so many other people at that mm-hmm. point. So I, for me, like investing local is really just like knowing that the money that you're giving is going back into your community. Because again, like I just really am thankful for all the support that my community's given me and now they invest in me. And now in that way, I'm able to invest in their community events, you know, I'm able to sponsor Feast of Lanterns from my business side, I'm able to sponsor Cottage Home Block Party, I'm able to, you know, sponsor all these things that people come to me and ask me constantly, like, will you donate to our silent auction? Will you donate to our fundraiser? And you know, when somebody comes in, and I know that they're a customer of my store, and I've seen them in there, or I know that they've ordered online regularly over the course of years, I am absolutely hundred percent gonna give them something for that. But like it's you know, people who I've never heard of before, don't live in my neighborhood or my town even coming to me and asking me for support. Oh, unless I'm way less inclined to do mm-hmm. that. So
0: yeah, we gotta take care of each other. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of taking care of each other, I wanna give a shout out to Amanda Mauer, who owns Homespun Absolutely. on NASA. Yeah. Who started Handicraft Exchange yes, that's which is what, the I event mean, we've been talking about. So I yes, just wanted to yes. give her a little shout out. Absolutely. So love having her in Indiana owned as well. Like just you know, watching that business grow. That's another one. That well, yeah, just it's
1: amazing. I mean, that was a leader in our community. That was um, I mean, she really did. She started that store and that was it wasn't the first, but it was the second store I ever sold my stuff in those little Scrabble Tile necklaces, mm-hmm. you know, but it really like I mean, for me to come to her and say, hey, I made all these shirts. You want to try and sell them? And she said, like, yeah, yeah, that was huge for me. I love it. I love it. Yeah.
0: Besides IndianaOwn dot com, where do we find out more about you, and how do we support your business?
1: Yeah, so I mean, come see us at the brick and mortar. That's what I love is for you guys to come to the store. Um, it's located at sixteen twenty five Noland Avenue. Uh, 46201 on the Near East Side. Uh, come to the store, you can follow us on Instagram to get a feel for what we have, which is at Stomping Ground Indie. Uh, we also have a Facebook page for Stomping Ground. Sunday Afternoon Housewife is Sunday Afternoon Housewife Indy on Instagram or SundayAfternoonHousewife.com. And so yeah, Feast of Lanterns on Instagram is at Feast of Lanterns or our website is indiefol.org. Now we've already, we've just wrapped up our fundraising for the 2022 and also um, all of our art vendors are accepted. But if it's something that anybody would be interested in trying, an idea that they have, like we want to support at Feast of Lanterns local art vendors. We have over 60 vendors this year. And so, and also food trucks or anything like that. And what's the dates? This year, it's August 27th. It's always the fourth Saturday of August every year. So Love it, love it. Martha Latta, thank you so much for being
0: our guest today on Local Matters. And thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana-owned and Indiana Gifts. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about why local matters at indianaowned.com. And if you're an Indiana business owner, join our community at indianaowned.com slash apply. I'm Mel McMahon. And until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana-owned, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. I'm
1: going back to Indiana Find local now at indianaowned.com.